Are you ready to manage your work and personal world better to live a fulfilling, productive life? Then you've come to the right place. Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity. Here are your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinaud with Francis Wade and Art Gelwicks. Welcome back, everybody, to Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things personal productivity. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. And I'm Augusto Pinaud. And today we welcome to the show James Mulvaney. Uh, he is the founder of Radio.co as well as Podcast.co. And, uh, and we wanted to kind of treat everybody with this interview because we think this is going to be a fun, interesting conversation regarding entrepreneurial productivity. Welcome to the show, James. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Yeah, a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your your entrepreneurial journey here, because it's very interesting to hear that you have this company, Radio.co, that helps people create radio stations, basically online, and then uh, this podcasting platform. What, what got you into this and, and what led you to here? So when I was sort of 16, 17, I was growing up and sort of finishing school, I, I wanted to, originally, I was looking at actually going into radio as, as on-air talent you know, as a DJ. And I used to always love music and I used to love listening to the radio, you know, when I was growing up and I'd be recording myself on cassette tape and playing it back and all that kind of stuff, like nerdy, nerdy kid stuff. Right. Um, and you know, it, it, when it got to, when I got to about 18 years old, I, I, I decided not to go down that route as, as a career, but instead I was learning how to build websites and a bit about the tech industry. This was back in like 2005, 2006. I then went off to university and, um, I grew a business which was rather than being actually involved in the radio industry, I grew, grew a business supplying services, streaming media services to the to the industry uh, because it was obviously an industry that I kind of understood because I kind of worked in radio a little bit and done some you know work experience. So I sort of understood you know the the, the value proposition there. Although when I began, I didn't really know what I was doing technically, so I kind of just figured it out as I went along, and yeah, it, it just sort of stuck. Really, I'm still very passionate about radio, and I love. I love audio as a tool to communicate. I think it's fantastic. And obviously, over the past uh, sort of four or five years, podcasting has had this big resurgence, or even maybe the last two or three years, it's been quite a recent thing. Obviously, we, we, we launched Radio.co in 2015. That platform's now got, I think, over 4,000 different stations using it. So it's been very successful. Um, we had lots of clients coming to us saying, you know, guys, are you going to have a podcasting platform or are you going to implement some kind of podcasting feature into the service? So we sort of looked at the market and thought, well, do we want to do this as part of Radio.co or is really there an opportunity to, to launch this as, a, as its own standalone platform? So we, we, we took the decision to actually create a completely new platform, you know, built it from the ground up. We obviously have a, a link between the two services, but the, the two markets are also quite different. Tell me a little bit about what the podcast.co does as a platform. Obviously, it, it's a media hosting platform, but it does a little bit more than that. And I'm curious about what, what got you to think this is going to be the differentiator between uh, a normal podcasting platform and this. We, we were doing some, obviously, looking at the market. Um, interestingly, the first ever podcast I recorded was like back in 2008. And uh, this was just me and like a business friend of mine. And we, were, we had this podcast called Kickstarts kickstart profits and uh that ran for like i don't know i think we maybe managed 10 episodes or something and this was kind of just us messing around with the medium fast forward like five years and you know obviously we kind of saw that there was this opportunity of you know podcasting was starting to pick up and we looked at a lot of the the other software out there like when we me and my friend steve recorded this podcast we used to like use wordpress with a plug-in and it was really complicated and 
then you know to the idea of podcasting in like 2008 around then was kind of you had to download the file onto your ipod and walk around you know and obviously nowadays it's completely different so we wanted to build a solution that was more modern and easy to use and it seemed that a lot of the the podcast platforms out there really had been kind of launched in this period of like 2007 to about 2010 they're kind of quite clunky old school sort of software and we wanted to build something that was fresh modern and also looked at not just the actual yeah how do you get your podcast online but how can i distribute it to um you know apple itunes uh spotify google and as many platforms as possible and really sort of take that technical knowledge away from people because it's still quite confusing if someone wants to start a podcast the idea of understanding what an rss feed is it's it kind of like to your average person that's computer talk isn't it uh, so, so we, the, the plan was to just build a kind of done for you platform and just make it as super simple and clean to use and as easy as possible for, for consumers. Yeah, by day, I actually teach people what RSS feeds are. So I feel, I feel, I feel that pain <laughs> on a regular basis. That pain is shared. You know, I, I, I laugh when you mentioned cassette tapes. Uh, you know, I'm sure there is listeners who don't know what they are, but, um, and they, and they, <laughs> And then you went to the to the basic iPod, but um, it is interesting because I, you know, I said a lot. I do business coaching, and a lot of the things I tell the people is one of the big problems people have is they're really good at what they do, but they don't know how to share that content and how to use that content to grow. And what is really interesting for me about the platform is that it allows the people to come with that expertise but let you do or the platform do what it do well instead of slowing them or stopping them to do that part and and i think there is the need for for tools like that as you said that where you don't need to necessarily fully understand what an rss is but you can now come and bring the content bring the expertise you know on the small businesses that's what i work the most with that's one of the biggest, biggest obstacles is you have these people who are incredibly good, but are completely stuck where they are. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, the, the the way podcasting is, has moved as well is, I think 10 years ago, it was really something reserved for enthusiasts, both on people who are making podcasts and also people who are listening with them. Uh, or listening to them rather. So nowadays, you know, people who are producing podcasts aren't always that technically savvy. You know, it's people who just want to share their knowledge. And, you know, why should they have to understand all that stuff? So that was kind of really one of the core values of of the the platform when we were sort of designing it. We thought it should be simple to use. It should not be intimidating and, and, and also, um, you know, accessible for anyone really. We came into contact with you in a fairly unique way, and uh, it was because I'm, I'm guessing I was on one of your uh, email lists or, or something to that effect, and, and I came across this platform called Matchmaker.fm. I logged in and created a profile, and uh, and lo and behold, you popped up in my messages inbox. And so I'm, I'm curious about this Matchmaker.fm uh, platform uh, that you've also launched within kind of the podcast.co ecosystem, uh, and what it's all about, and uh, uh, and then your your uh, kind of uh, program here, the 30 and 30, where you're doing 30 interviews in uh, 30 days. And uh, tell us a little bit about matchmaker.fm and the 30 and 30 program. What, how did it come about? 
So matchmakers, are, it's a real fun project and we're getting a lot of satisfaction from making connections. And the, We only launched in middle of February, so it's been live for, for around three months. Um, we've surpassed 3,000 users now and um, the premise is like it's Tinder for podcasters, you know, because there's about 60% of podcasts are based on, you know, having guests on or interviewing people or collaborating with, with others. So, but there didn't seem to be one resource where you could go and, you know, everyone on there was either looking to be interviewed, either uh, industry experts or entrepreneurs uh, or, or people who've just got interesting stories to tell. And, uh, you know, podcasters who are looking for incredible guests, you know, because this is a thing. If you've got a podcast that's based on interviewing people, sometimes there'll be people who will pull out last minute or, you know, maybe you've got a week where for whatever reason you haven't got a guest lined up. And, and sometimes it can be quite a lot of effort to try and consistently deliver results and make sure you've always got someone lined up for the next episode, especially if you're doing, uh, like many people do, a podcast on a weekly basis or even, you know, bi-weekly or monthly. It can be quite a lot of work sometimes to kind of coordinate and make sure you've always got guests lined up. So we thought, wouldn't it be fantastic if there was just one resource that you could go to and you could get results very quickly? Um, and that's really been the sort of the premise of Matchmaker. It's been uh, as I say, life for three months. The the feedback that we've had overall has been fantastic. Um, we launched it as currently it's a sort of we're treating it like a startup within a startup. So it's it has a sub team working on the development and the marketing uh, sort of responsibilities is shared with the existing team. Um, but the the main thing is to say that that there's been the kind of has blown me away is just the response rate we've had from people and and the amount of people I've had contact me just saying, James, you know, we're getting so many good results from this. We're having really interesting conversations of we weren't aware of these podcasts or we weren't aware of these guests before. Um, so as part of the the marketing for this platform, I, I decided to set myself a challenge and get booked on 30 podcasts within 30 days. Fantastic. And that's what brings you here today. That's what brought me here today. Yeah. And, and so far it's going well, you know. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. One of the one of the things that uh, we we talked about discussing on the show uh, because we are Productivity Cast and we talk about all things productivity. I thought we would dive into your, kind of your entrepreneurial productivity systems and tools. And uh, and so let's start with kind of like on a daily basis. What does a day in the life of James Mulvaney's productivity look like? <laughs> I'm not right. So, but so, so, so I by no means I'm the most organized or. Uh, you know, an expert on productivity. I think uh, one of the things that used to, I used to do every single day, and I don't do it as much now, I've got kind of a big team working with me. But when, especially the days where it was just me on my own, I was starting out, I didn't have a team. Every single day, I would have a sheet of paper, which I would put in front of me. And I think sometimes I like working on paper. In fact, I've got a notepad right in front of me right here, right now, because I just think having post-it notes and paper sometimes it, it, you know they're always in front of you you can glance at them whereas if you kind of got to go into trello or whatever tool you're using to to look at it it can it can be harder to find information so one of the things i used to do is just block the day into like hour sections and just say right first hour i'm going to do this second hour i'm going to do this and i'd make sure i'd just cross things off as, as i was going that was really effective uh when i just used to be on my own and um you know, I didn't have a team to manage or anything like that. Nowadays, you know, we, we obviously work on, on sprints. So in terms of the development team, they work in two week sprints, um, according to sort of ag- agile methodology. And, uh, you know, that, they're sort of super organized about that. Um, and uh, interestingly, we've just in marketing and sales, we've started working in sprints as well now too. you know, two, two week intervals, uh, just to try and get some more, more organization going. 
Um, so yeah, th th those are kind of like my top tips. So I think, to be honest with you, the the, the bigger you grow, um, there's about 30, t 30 number uh, staff working across both brands now. Um, you know, I think you need to focus more on communication. You need to focus more on organization. You know, it was, the, I think for me, like the sweet spot of when, uh, you know, it was kind of like, it was a few of us and we were sort of in the early days of radio.co, maybe there was like 10, to like not eight or nine of us, you know, that was kind of super cool because of it, everyone could just kind of throw ideas together. Whereas now I think you've got to be a bit more structured about everything. Yeah, as a, as a company grows, there's always going to be a culture that develops and that culture needs to be, uh, you know, understood by everybody. And that always means more investment in that infrastructure. Habits are to individuals as culture is to an organization. Things are slow moving when it comes to organizations. And uh, that also means that if you don't have the right structure up front, then that becomes more difficult on the back end. Yeah, I mean, I'm super lucky because I have a really good CTO and a really good COO. And they, they're both super organized. So I think they kind of, I, I'm the ideas guy. I come up with the strategy and, you know, sometimes I can go a million miles an hour. And what I've learned over the last few years, especially as we've grown the team is, you know, sometimes I have to slow down and keep my mouth shut. Uh, because actually sometimes you need to let people focus on one thing and finish doing that before you can start saying, well, how about let's doing this and let's do that. You know? Um, so, so I think sort of, um, having having those structures and those processes in place has, has been really really important and crucial to us as a business and i think and i think you hit an important point that you said i had a incredible cto and col that are super organized and i don't want to put words on your mouth but you you said you i'm the least organized of these three at least oh, definitely. Uh, at least that was what i understood and it is really important as these entrepreneurships goes and these businesses are growing, who are going to be these teams and which skills are going to have? And sometimes we see people who try to bring the people with the similar skills. Oh, well, I'm really good at this. Let me bring people like this instead of people like what you are describing that come and complement those skills that that you have. So, so you show, I mean, for, for us, you show us on the camera a little notepad, but let me dig a little bit more into that because, you know, as you know, you know, when the, when we do the regular show, you know, we have PCs, we have Macs, we have iPads, we have Chromebooks. So we have basically every device comes to the show when the four of the regular shows happen. So what is in front of you? It's a Mac, it's a PC, doesn't matter. You don't care, you work on a phone. So what is your technology tool that continue helping pushing day to day? And what is that application? I know you mentioned Trello slightly there. Is Trello still there on the list or what are the applications? And, and the reason is people like to know, you know, what are the day to day, but also what helps James think, you know, three step forward. I'll tell you everything we use. So I, I'm, I'm based on Mac. Uh, I, I switched to Mac about 10 years ago, and I've, I've always I've been a big fan ever since. Same with phone. I like Apple iPhone, right? Um, in terms of software, yeah, we use Trello quite heavily. Um, for managing sort of the agile process, we use Jira in terms of our development, and um, we've started using that, as I say, in marketing as well. Um, I, I still also like writing notes. So I have a lot of notes on um, just like the Apple uh, notes application as well. Uh, you know, obviously sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, paper has a, a benefit for just kind of doing day-to-day -day stuff. 
the problem with this thing is if you want to go and find something that you wrote two months ago, it can be quite difficult, right? So sometimes I think, you know, having um, notes on the computer can also be really useful as well. I will, I will just poke in, I'll poke in there and just say that you can, you can always take a photograph of that and, and then that way you can search it, you know, later in different applications, whether that be any, any number of tools that do that. Evernote, Evernote is, is I, I never, I started using Evernote a few years ago and I just never quite got into it, but I supposedly it's got some really powerful features. You didn't know me. That's, that's why. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little, little thing you probably don't know is that uh, I'm, I'm an Evernote certified consultant and also the, I'm the Evernote regional leader for North America and you're not in North America. So you, you wouldn't have known. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but, uh, but does, yeah, Evernote does have that capability, which does make it quite useful. Um, and uh, most recently, uh, Google Lens um, uh, got the capability of, of capturing, lifting text out of the documents that you scan. So you could just, you know, uh, open up the application, snap a picture of it, and it actually lifts the handwritten text and turns it into typed text. So you can then just like throw it into Apple Notes. So I think that's one of those things where um, you have to get into the habit of doing it. You know, it's I'm not in the habit of doing that. So I go for day to day notes, I'll put them down on paper. Then if there's stuff that I know I need to reuse, I'm quite good at doing lists on on apple notes and again apple notes has got so much better than it was say like five years ago it used to be really basic um there's a lot more functionality and you can be more organized have folders and everything now whereas i think back back then it was just literally one list wasn't it of notes uh and i don't think you could have like checklists or anything so so yeah i think there's there's lots of software out there it's just about finding the right thing that works for your workflow really yeah you know when years ago when i begin moving from that similar issue, you know, from having the notes and and the notepads and, and the pieces of index cards. You know, I love index cards and we're having exactly that issue, you know, the pile of index cards at the end of the week and I'm who's going to read into this. <laughs> okay. But some of the information was critical. I really need to could not afford to to lose it. So what I started doing was I said a couple of times on my calendar in the middle of the day and the end of the day to take the pictures and, and scan. And initially they went to to Evernote. I, after that, removed them from there. But but it was a, when the problem right now is if I told you go and scan it, you're going to look all the six days back and say, I quit, I'm out. When you start putting that, then now it's a 10 to 15 minute task that then you will get done, you know, much easy and the power of having the access to those notes are incredible i i live on the ipad and there is an application called good notes where i take and now the good notes allow me to handwrite everything and then i can select it and convert it in text is the conversion perfect no because my handwriting is so awful but it's not the software capability is the handwriting here but it is probably 85% accurate that if I'm looking at that note and convert it, I can quickly fix the little things. And now I have a text that I can export to notes or to, or to anywhere. I, I love what Apple has done with notes, especially because as you said, I can have them on the iPad and they will synchronize automatically. And I don't need to think about where that note is. And if the search function on the app works really, really well. I think that's the thing. I think search as well has got so much better over the last, say, five years. Um, you know, it really, 
you know, again, good, uh, Gmail, I just think it's fantastic. It, I can generally find any email. If, if, I want, if I want to find an email and I remember the subject or remember some part of it, I can always find it. Yeah, Augusto uh, introduced me. Well, he didn't introduce me, but he convinced me uh, to use GoodNotes. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a handwriting fanatic. And so I'm actually taking notes in our conversation today on an Everlast Rocket book, uh, notebook, and uh, love them. I absolutely love the, the notebooks and uh, and they're great. Uh, but, you know, I do go back and forth between writing on the iPad with the Apple Pencil and uh, and Augusto convinced me to, to go with good notes of, over notability. And then he showed me last uh, last week, I suppose it was, the the ability to circle text and lift the text from the from the image. And uh, I'm sorry, Augusto, but my, my text comes out perfectly every time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I begin saying it's not the software, it's the handwriting. Okay? <laughs> I was in college and... Many years ago, and I, you know, did the test, and I did the test, and when the teacher came back, he asked, who is this? And I raised my hand, you know, kind of in shame, and he said, next test, you do it in my office on my laptop. <laughs> Poor guy could not read my, my handwriting text. When we talk about your, um, your CTO, CTO and COO, I'm curious, it, do you know what makes them, you know, if you're the visionary crazy maker in, in, in that side, what, what do you feel like makes them um, organized and what do they do in some of their work to help keep you organized and moving forward? That's a very good question. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, you sort of touched on it before. Having a good team around you that complements you is is great. And obviously, you know, we've all got our strengths and re- weaknesses. Um, John, who's CTO, he's he's been with me for a long time now. You know, we've worked together since about 2011. And he was always really good at kind of the granularity and in terms of what he does in managing the development team you know, making sure that there are certain standards that are adhered to when code is written. Uh, so when you're working on a big platform like radio.co, podcast.co, you know, there's a lot of code base there and you've got to be organized to uh, and, and, and structured that in a certain way so that when someone new comes onto the team, you know, they they can easily, immediately, uh, easily sort of start understanding how sections of the product work. Um, and certainly... In the past, when we've built products, especially in the early days, you know, we had that problem where, you know, you might have one developer working on, on, some, on, a, on a solution, you know, in a silo. And that can be a very, very dangerous position to be in, in as a tech uh, company, um, you know, because if, if certainly if, if that person decides that they want to move on to a different company, uh, you know, you can, sure, you can hire someone to replace them, but then the rest of the team don't always have a good understanding of how that, that function was built, for example. So, We've we've been as a business making a lot more, being a lot more proactive over the last I'd say two years of making sure that you know rather than having one developer working on one thing and one developer working on another thing, you know they're always uh, kind of sharing the tasks and responsibility. And uh, Aaron, who's our COO, he's he's always been very organised. You know, again, he's he's probably one of the the best people within the organisation at putting processes in place. You know, uh, and making sure that. Um, different departments are communicating and again it's interesting because over the the last few couple of months you know as i said we've all we're normally office based and i think we've been having to focus more on communication there has been a few hiccups here and there where you know different departments aren't necessarily being the best at communicating together um so there's always always room to to improve um 
one of the other things we've recently implemented again this was was our coo who, who sort of put this in place is doing a town hall meeting which is basically when you know you send out an anonymous survey to every single member of the the uh, company they can complete it they can say what they're enjoying what they're not enjoying good things bad things and then obviously the, the main things you need to look at okay what well, how can we solve any of these negative points um and certainly it's what's been very interesting about this process is uh, we're seeing you know people who have have said uh similar things so if you get sort of three po- people within a department saying yeah this isn't great this isn't great this isn't great you know that they you've got some kind of issue there so it al- allows you to sort of single down and focus in on on how to solve uh those those problems um and then the idea is you have this meeting a town hall which coincidentally is actually today we're doing this meeting but obviously we've got to do it remotely like this uh, where you basically say, okay, look, we've 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 identified these common issues, and here's how we're going to try and resolve them, and here's how we think that you know we can solve them out. Um, so, so that has been for, for a, a fantastic example of an exercise that's kind of, um, you know, we, we ultimately we want to we want everyone to be productive as they can be. Also, it's very very important to me, and again, I think this is one of my strengths is just building a really good solid culture within the company. Um, but then, obviously, if if things start to slip and it's as you grow, it's quite easy to take your eye off the ball in terms of the culture side of things, uh, because you, you're not speaking to everyone and fully aware of what everyone's doing all the time. Uh, so it's, it's a good way to kind of just get everyone unified and get everyone on the same page, basically. Yeah, I think it's really important to have a a culture that one uh, you know respects everybody's individual views, even if they're not used. Uh, I always tell people, you know, I, I want to hear everything, even if I say no to all of them, uh, and uh, and. You know, and, and it's just good to understand that I'm going to hear people out, and um, and the, and I'm I'm curious um, as we kind of wrap up the conversation in terms of what do you feel like is the like number one if you could have a number one what's the, what's the kind of the best thing that you feel like has caused the success of both Radio.co and Podcast.co in terms of the organizational qualities of of the business and uh, maybe the the fit. Uh, because I'm I'm just curious, what what do you feel like was the success of of the organisations? Gee, that's a hard question to answer, isn't it? Just to narrow down one thing, um, I think I think I you know I, I go back to what I said before. I think culture has been really really important. Um, you know, we've got a very very good track record for for, for retaining staff, um, which traditionally isn't always the case in the tech technology sector um and also just perseverance i think you know you've just got to sometimes keep at things this is one of my values as an entrepreneur you know once you've decided to go down a certain road you've got to keep going down that road even if things don't always go your way just try and keep focused uh, and stay down that path because again this is the thing especially in the early days i was always guilty of like uh you know coming up with ideas every single week and then suddenly you'd end up just sort of focusing on too many things at once so I think you know sticking it sticking at one thing can be really valuable. So focus and culture. Focus and culture. There we go. Yeah. Any any final uh, thoughts that you have that you wanted to share before we uh, closed out? Well, I mean, just if, if obviously I, I'm, at the moment I'm trying to get as many folks on board as matchmakers. So if anyone listening has got uh, an interesting story to tell or they think that they can add value to to people's podcast, please feel free to sign up. It's totally free to uh, join. Thanks, James, for joining us here on Productivity Cast. Thanks, Ray and uh, Augusto. Great to speak to you both. Thank you. Thank you. That was James Mulvaney, CEO and founder of Podcast.co and Radio.co. If you have a question or a comment for James 
or anything we've discussed during this cast, please visit our episode page on productivitycast.net. They're on the podcast website at the bottom of the page. You can leave a comment or a question, and we're happy to respond and uh, answer any questions that you might have there. Uh, By the way, to get to any Productivity Cast episode quickly, simply add the three-digit episode number to the end of productivitycast.net forward slash. So episode one would be productivitycast.net forward slash 001. Episode two would be productivitycast.net forward slash 002, and so on. If you have a topic about personal productivity you'd like us to discuss on a future cast, please visit productivitycast.net forward slash contact. You can leave a voice recorded message or you can type us a message and we'll be uh, happy to look to see if we can feature you in a future episode. I want to express my thanks to Augusta Pinaud, Francis Wade, and Art Galwix for joining me here on Productivity Cast each and every week. You can learn more about them and their work by visiting productivitycast.net also. I'm Ray Sidney Smith, and on behalf of all of us here at Productivity Cast, here's to your productive life. Take care, everybody. That's it for this Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity, with your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinaud, with Francis Wade and Art Gelwicks.